from India's largest newsroom. I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. When Twitter CEO Elon Musk tweeted photos of him meeting with a group of Twitter engineers late at night, there were plenty of comments in response. One was about the fact that most of those visible were men. Many also jumped in to claim that those in the image must be H-1B visa holders who had no choice but to stay at Twitter and pose with Musk at the unearthly hour. Neha Mahajan is part of the US-based non-profit organization Skilled Indians in America and she agrees wholeheartedly with that view of H-1B visa holders. That's absolutely right. H-1B visa holders are literally indentured servants. You're tied to the um, to the organization, to the employer and like this say boss is right. Yes, boss is right because you're on a visa, you can't say boss is wrong. So if the boss calls you at 1 a.m. Uh, for a meeting you show up you don't have a choice whether your child is in the hospital whether your wife has a broken leg whether you uh, you know you have something going on in india your parents are sick and you're attending to them you have to drop all of that and it's an employment based visa with very little rights really at a time when thousands of workers are facing layoffs in the tech sector in the us among the worst hit are those on h1b visas In today's episode, we're speaking with Neha Mahajan and TOI's Ishani Datta Gupta about the problems those on H-1B visas are facing currently and the many long-standing issues that remain unresolved. Ishani Datta Gupta recently wrote a report on the issues facing expatriate Indians in the US. She says there are around 3.5 lakh Indians on H-1B visas in the US. And she says this isn't the first time we're seeing the possibility of a big exodus of professionals from the US to India. In 2008, there was a recession and there were several job losses, but the numbers were lesser then. You know, because the you know people on H-1B and on green card queue has been going up exponentially every year. It keeps going up. So at that point of time, the numbers were lower for sure. Anecdotally, one has heard about a lot of movement back to India. That's when a lot of people relocated back to India. There was this what is called the reverse brain drain. Most nations have different visas for people based on what they're going to do in the country. We asked Ishani to explain how the H-1B visa is different from other visas one would need to visit the US. It's a work permit visa, and um, somebody who goes. you can't go on a visitor visa and be actually planning to start working there because that will be illegal whereas a h1 visa because it's a work permit you don't really have to show a non immigrant intent because at some point you will apply for a green card which is a immigrant visa or permanent resident status over the years the h1b visa has become a marker of success in india But Neha Mahajan says that despite the perception that the H-1B visa is a surefire way to get citizenship in the US, it's actually just the start of a long process to become a US citizen. I guess people when they do move out of India on H-1B visas really you're right. The picture that's painted is hey this is your golden ticket to citizenship. So H-1B essentially is is valid for 6 years and then it's renewed for another 3 years. Within this duration you're tied up with an employer 
all right, the H-1B visa holder is tied up with an employer. And the, when the employer finds that, hey, you know, this employee is is rare, this is critical talent, we, we can't find this talent in the U.S. and, you know, anywhere, um, they decide to file for permanent residency uh, for that particular visa holder. Now, you'd imagine that once permanent residency is filed, all right, then you just have to wait for the dates to be- become current, which is absolutely right. On paper, all of this is great. But guess what? Because of the way the U.S. laws are, those born in India must wait up to 100 years under employment-based categories to qualify for those dates to become current, unlike their counterparts from other countries you know, who who come in on the same exact visa with the same exact skill set, doing the same exact jobs, and they get their green cards within about a year or so. Whereas, uh, you know, I personally, my, my husband was an H1 and I was an H4, and we've waited 14 long years to get our green cards in hand. And we really got lucky, I feel. There's still so many people I know who waited 15 years, 17 years, 20 years, you know, for one reason or another, I know of a person who's been in the U.S. for close to 20 years, still doesn't have the green card. Ishani Dattagupta says that this lack of certainty over whether you'll be allowed to stay can make life difficult for those in the U.S. on H-1B visas. It affects their lives there. It affects their ability to uh, buy a house, for instance. I mean, say, imagine they have bought a house and they are paying mortgages on that house. And their status of living in the U.S. is not secure in the sense that in case they lose their job, you know, they, they will fall out of status very soon. And ultimately, they'll have to just pack their bags and leave. They have kids who are school going. I mean, it's all about planning your lives. And in fact, some states even um, don't give um, driving license to an H-1B visa holder. During the pandemic, H-1B visa holders faced another unique issue. They had to come to India to get their visa stamped. But US consulates were closed. Ishani Dattagupta says that as offices reopen and with layoffs in the air, it could become even harder for H-1B visa holders to take a trip to India because they risk getting stuck here. We know over the last several months, in fact, last year or more, ever since the pandemic-related closures and pandemic-related backlog, we know that all these people on H-1B, uh, another thing that uh, that's relates to their visa situation is that um, to get the visa stamped, I mean, they keep getting extensions, which is automatically granted. But to actually stamp that visa, it cannot be done in the U.S. It has to be done in India. When they come to India on a visit, they have to make sure that they, uh, you know, set up an appointment with the embassy or um, any of the consulates here to get that stamp on their visa. Now, that is also taking a huge amount of time. You're not getting dates. As we all know that they cannot plan a trip to India. You know, they may have old parents, some young sort of H-1B holders may be wanting to get married or whatever it is, you know, they want to visit India. They can't do that right away because of long queues. Nobody knows how long. You have to keep on checking. Some of them are giving dates next summer. Some may be available just now, but those dates might get filled up anytime. So travel is another huge issue. You can't plan a travel anywhere outside the U.S., including your own homeland, 
um, you know, because of uh, non-availability of dates and huge backlogs. Neha Majan faced this issue herself when her husband had to travel to India to care for his ill father and then ended up getting stuck here. My husband, uh, he was on H-1B visa and uh, back in 2021 when the second COVID wave hit. So um, I lost my father-in-law and he was in India and he got stuck there. Why? You know, we've been, we'd been living in the US for t- some 12 plus years by that time. You would imagine that it would be easy for us to come, for him to come back if he decided to go to India to attend to his sick dad. And he got stuck because of his H-1B, because the consulates were closed. He needed a stamping of the visa by Department of State at the U.S. consulates. And the U.S. consulates were closed. You're just stuck indefinitely. So, yeah, these are real situations. These are real-time problems that those on H-1B visas face. Companies like Meta, Twitter and other tech giants have announced that they are laying off thousands of workers. Neha Mahajan says that while they don't have an accurate estimate of the number of people facing a return to India, there are multiple calls for help that they are getting. She explains the kind of case studies they are seeing. I was laid off from Twitter. Uh, you know, I was put on a severance package. And then I was brought back in because I was told I'm critical talent. And then once I gave away all the code and other details that the company needed from me, that severance package um, was reduced from three months to just four weeks. And now I'm being laid off right away with immediate effect. So what do I do? So yes, you see these posts way too common, way too often right now coming from people from Twitter, obviously those who have been on H-1B. And one of the reasons also is that H-1B visa holder is really essentially just indentured servitude. You tie to a employer, uh, the visa holder themselves do not really have much rights or much say in saving their visas. You're at your employer's mercy, really. It's the onset of holiday season in the U.S. And, you know, uh, there's hiring freezes happening and you're just hearing of layoffs. And H-1B visa holders are given just a 60-day grace period. So 60 days, find a job, transfer your visa, save your visa status and your family status thereafter, or else just pack your bags and leave. And these are the people who've stayed in the U.S. for 10 plus years, 15 plus years. They have their homes here. They give back into the community. They um, contribute towards social security. Uh, They contribute towards Medicaid. So there's really no protection. Ishani Dattagupta says the 60-day period, or just two months, is a very short period of time for people to wrap up their lives or desperately find a new job to stick on. Besides, of course, the trauma of getting laid off, they have this entire issue about going out of status. You've been living in that country, as I mentioned, many for so many years, 15, 20 years, and you, your entire life, life has been built around you know, the job and that visa. So now you have uh, like a 60-day period to either find another job or if if that fails and if everything else fails, then you have to leave the countries. Kids could be in school and uh, I mean, you know, your whole, you may have bought a house, you have all your insurance going, your bank accounts, and um, you have been paying uh, taxes there, um, it's it's pretty chaotic uh, for anybody to you know plan uh, leaving the country because of a job loss 
Neha Majan says organizations like Skilled Indians in America are trying to help those who are laid off and want to stay on in the US. But she admits it's an uphill battle. Internally, we try to guide, help people. It's a, it's a crowdsource, right? So we, um, people share their resumes. Everybody's offering help. There are multiple posts on LinkedIn. We keep our eyes and ears open. You know, if someone has a job opening in their team, you know, people are really out there trying to help those who have been laid off at this point in time because saving their visa status is critical to, to their being in the US. You do not want to, disqualify yourself and be, you know, um, uh, be termed illegal. Sadly, H-1B visa holders do not have much uh, rights, much say into what they can do, except for really praying, making every effort possible really to um, get another job and transfer their visas. Ishani Dattagupta says she's been speaking with immigration lawyers about those who can find themselves in this hole. Lawyers say there are multiple options for those who would like to stay on in the US. What if you don't get a job? First of all, a job loss is a terrible thing. I mean, you know, it, uh, it's a big mental uh, sort of trauma as well. So people may not even be in the right frame of mind to you know, go about looking for a job. I have spoken to immigration lawyers and what they are suggesting is uh, the last thing that a person can do is change their st status to a B1, B2. What does that do? It doesn't give them the right to stay in the US forever. But B1, B2 visa is for six months. You can stay in the US for six months on a visitor's visa. So if you change status, you get more time to probably wrap up your things, your affairs and etc. So that's a way to buy time. But uh, having said that, if you do that, then what you are also doing is um, you you have to then leave the U.S. You can't, if you get a job, for instance, you can't stay back. Younger people who may have you know, recently joined the workforce uh, might think of a high, another degree. Let's say maybe uh, they, they have a master's degree. They might look at a Ph.D. So if you get a student visa, you can stay. If somebody was considering starting their own company or who have the, you know, the ability to do that, they could do that. They become an, a U.S. entity and then they could hire themselves. And then finally, of course, there's the you could look at moving out or going to, say, another country, either coming back to India or looking for a job in Canada or something like that. The larger problem, however, is that despite the higher number of Indians going to the US on H-1B visas, the pace at which they become citizens hasn't changed. That first step to US citizenship is getting the prize green card which offers permanent residency. But Ishani Dattagupta says that the current queue system is a bit of a lottery, which means you could end up coming tantalizingly close to a green card only to find yourself at the back of the line again. You become eligible for a green card and then you start waiting. So at some point, your uh, your number becomes current, which means when a green card is available, you are going to get the green card. So that's the last stage. And, you know, every year, uh, several people, thousands of people are now, uh, you know, eligible to get the green card. They have reached the last stage and they are waiting. 
in that entire fiscal year, the, the USCIS is continuously granting green cards till it will reach a point when the green cards are over for that year. So these people who were waiting on that queue now have become ineligible. And apart from that, there is the aspect of the families of those on H-1B visas. Ishani Datta Gupta says the children of H-1B visa holders risk what is called aging out, which basically means they're too old to remain linked to their parents' visas and then they need to get their own visas, which again is not very easy. The children of uh, H-1B uh, uh, visa holders are also dependent uh, H-4 because these uh, queues are so long. So there will come a time when the kids become uh, adults and they age out. They age out of the parents' uh, you know, uh, sort of application for green card. So now these people, the children of H1B, they unfortunately for them, they were not born there, but uh, they may have gone when they were one or two years old or whatever. And they've studied there, they've grown up there. They are like American for all practical purposes. But if they have aged out, then, uh, you know, even when their parents' date becomes current, they cannot, uh, you know, utilize that. You know, they will probably have to get another visa, student visa or something, maybe come back to India and apply for a job and get a H-1B for themselves. Their situation, again, is terrible. Since the layoffs began, the US government has promised to act to help those on H-1B visas and laid off. But both Neha Mahajan and Ishani Datta Gupta aren't very hopeful. The answer to that is absolutely a big no, because immigration reforms in the U.S. is not likely to happen anytime soon. Doing any kind of immigration reform which will actually you know, help these Indians, all these thousands who are on this queue, means to do away with that per country cap and you know change things very dramatically. There have been several bills which have come up from time to time. Even right now, there's a bill called Eagle Act. But these bills will never get passed. I mean, not just me, all experts think that. For the past 10 years, there have been multiple bills. Every time there's a new government, immigration is a hot topic, right? Depending on who's in power, uh, it's like, hey, we want to help you. It's a low-hanging fruit. This, this can get done today. But that today hasn't come in the last 10 years. Sometimes it seems like none of the governments are really in, even interested in solving this issue, you know? And I'm not sure why the what the reason is. Probably we are not on the priority list. You know, we came in really close back in 2020 and 2019 in resolving the green card backlog. The politicians, the House, the Senate, they, they really are not interested in resolving this. And I've seen immense support from both sides of the government, both Republicans and Democrats, you know, depending on who's in power, they want to resolve it. But sadly, um, that hasn't happened yet. While the U.S. government has promised to work to resolve the situation, Neha Majan says the U.S. has a norm that permits those with exceptional circumstances to get employment authorizations. This will allow them to seek jobs and stay on in the U.S. longer than 60 days. According to her, the looming economic recession very much fits this definition of an exceptional circumstance and is the least the U.S. government can do for H-1B visa holders. So... I think this is an extraordinary situation that's happening. We are heading towards recession. 
We are heading towards a holiday period, which is a lean period for job hunters. So I feel if all of this can be uh, taken into account and some rules can be, some policy changes can be made, uh, this will really, really make life a little better for those on H-1B visas. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe, and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas, and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at typodcast at timesinternet.in.